Hey Driven Mofos, if you ever wanna have the video version of this podcast, which usually has more effects, visuals, graphs, and helps you to retain more of the information that I share, then check out my YouTube channel. I also share bonus in-depth training behind the scenes from some of our live events, plus interviews from some of the country's most successful people. So if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, then check it out via the link in the description of the podcast. Remember to subscribe to get the latest stuff. You want to teach that person a lesson? Sometimes people think, if I die, it'll teach them a lesson and they will suffer. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is for the driven mofos out there who are driven to achieve more in life and business. After studying 1,457 of the world's most successful people in different fields and spending over $1 million on coaches, consultants, and seminars, I wanna share with you the key learnings, lessons, tips, tools, and strategies that have not only made them super successful, but have also allowed me to go from the kid who was put into special classes, getting kicked out of school and wanting to end my life, to becoming the mental performance coach to some of the country's most successful people and helping me to grow multiple businesses. I want to help all of those out there who have been underestimated to prove their doubt is wrong and to help them to achieve more than they could possibly imagine. I hope you enjoy. This is part number three of this three-part series. So when it comes to men's mental health, coming back to it, if you put a masculine energy in a situation where they feel like they can't win consistently, they're going to want to look for an exit. And sometimes suicide is a way of getting out of that pain. Suicide can also be a way that people try to prove something to somebody else. If you're in a relationship where you get treated like shit all the time and you want to teach that person a lesson, sometimes people think, if I die, it'll teach them a lesson and they will suffer. And you want them to feel the suffering that you've had. That's how I felt when I was 15 and wanted to end my life. I felt like I was in trouble at school all the time. I was in trouble at home all the time. And I thought, you know what? If I just kill myself, everyone else around me is going to suffer. My parents will suffer. Kids at school will suffer. And I want to see everyone else suffer like I was suffering. When I felt like I was crying all the time and sad and I was down all the time and I felt like fucking shit about everything, I thought I want them to feel what I was feeling. I wanted them to feel sad and to suffer and to cry because I'm not here anymore. And that's how I logically thought through it, which wasn't very logical. Most people who try to commit suicide, it's a way of trying to get a pleasure without a pain. And they think that if I can just get out of the pain, it's going to be beneficial to me. So suicide is a benefit to the people who try to commit it. Also, it's a benefit of making other people feel what they feel in most cases or in a lot of cases. So that can also happen. I've also seen it with PTSD when I've been working with PTSD in military cases where if someone can't see the benefits in the circumstances that they've been put in and they don't work through those benefits effectively and all they get given is drugs or medicated they get things like shock therapy and shit like that or they get certain therapies where they get you know zapped or whatever so now they've been given numbing medication where they can't feel how they feel anymore which then they lose their sense of vibrance and their sense of life because not only does it take away the negative feelings it also takes away the positive feelings so they just sort of feel numb to, to most things in life they don't really feel love they don't really feel their expressiveness anymore so that all goes so life is just this monotonous day after day. It's almost like Groundhog Day to them. That's a huge problem. Then they go and talk to a civvy or a civilian, as they call them, which is a person who has never been to war or has never been in the military. And they've got to go and talk to this dumb motherfucker that sits across from them and asks how they're feeling. And, you know, well, you know, it's understandable that you feel this way and so on. And so they feel like they're not getting anywhere. They feel like this person doesn't understand them because they're a civilian and have never been to war. And then the second thing is they're talking about something that this person will never understand. And so therefore, they lose respect for that therapist. That happens quite a lot in the military also. They also get taught that things are bad and good. So when they go to war, 
they get taught that the things that they've done are bad or they get criticized or ridiculed or they start feeling ashamed of having to shoot somebody and maybe there was a kid there or maybe they've had to do a home raid and they've scared the shit out of the kids and so that plays in their mind and they don't have effective tools to be able to deal with it. And it's on repeat in their brain over and over and over again. And that PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder, they haven't got tools to work out of it. They haven't got tools to work out of that situation. When I've had to deal with those situations and had to work with people through that, and I've spoken about this on some other episodes before with some of the cases that I've helped, is that when you go in there and you start looking at the benefits of what they're doing and how it aligns with their values and so on, they start to see there seems to be benefits to the situation that they haven't seen. They also are scared to see benefits in those situations because how could there be benefits in war? How could there be benefits in killing people? How could there be benefits of creating traumatic situations? How could there be benefits of potentially killing a kid? That in our society isn't reinforced. So they feel guilty and ashamed of those things. And so they keep playing in their own mind based on society's norms or what society says is good or bad or right and wrong. So then they start to create all these shames and these guilts and these resentments. It takes a really strong person to sit there and to help them work through this stuff. And I don't think most people have that strength, especially most people in the psychology industry or the mental health industry, because a lot of people get into it because they're damaged. And so they get into those industries because they want to help people. But what they're really trying to do is help themselves because they've never been able to work through their own shit. And so I see that all the time where someone with depression gets up on stage and they talk about how depressed they are and how they've had all these depressive feelings. And now they become a mental health ambassador and they go out and they talk about mental health and they talk about their story and their journey, yet they're still depressed. And so they haven't found a solution. They're just talking about it and they're talking about it and reinforcing these patterns within themselves that they haven't solved or they haven't wanted to solve. I've even worked with people before who are mental health advocates who naturally don't want to solve their own problems because they get a lot of benefits out of getting up on stage and talking about their issues. They get attention from their friends and family. They now have a purpose within their own life, which is that they're now a mental health ambassador and get to talk about all this stuff. So they get attention from this stuff. They get paid by certain organizations to go out and do speaking gigs for this stuff. Their whole life revolves around that identity. If you take that away from them, naturally, they're going to be scared, just like everybody. If you take away my identity, I'm scared. If you take away somebody else's identity, they're going to be scared. Like if I took away your identity as a mother or as a father, like imagine being a mother and having all your kids killed in a car accident. Automatically, that fucking destroys your identity being a mother. And so it can be very distressing for an individual. If you have a sports person and they get all their attention as a sports person or as a professional athlete, and now all of a sudden that gets taken away from them because they've retired or due to an injury, a lot of them get depressed or even suicidal. Why? Because their identity gets taken away from them. They perceive love and appreciation and respect all comes from that identity. And when it gets taken away, they don't know what to do anymore and it creates all these fears. Okay, and that happens also with the military. The military is a huge transformation when they get out of the military and now they're back in society and they lose that identity of being, I guess, in a way, a warrior, especially in this country. In the United States, it's quite different, but in Australia, they don't have that same structure. They don't have the same routine. They don't have that same identity. And so they just go back to being a civilian or a civilian and not having that identity anymore of being a military person. So they lose their purpose. They lose their identity. They lose what they're familiar with. And it can be very distressing for an individual. And naturally, any environment that creates a lot of uncertainty will throw a person into a mental health spiral because they've got to try and refigure out everything again. Like it's very tough. And I just don't think that people given the tools to be able to deal with this stuff. You know, I've been working on these tools for fucking decades to try to figure out how to help these people. And I'm not saying I can help everybody, but we've seen a lot of people come through with depression, anxiety, drug addictions, eating disorders, PTSD from the military, from the emergency services, and so on, who come because they've tried a lot of other things. They've tried talk therapies. And talk therapies can help. Like talking about your problems definitely gets it out. But if there's no resolution, you stay stuck at that point. And so unless someone is very, very good at what they do and asks very good questions and can lead someone in the right direction and understands how to help someone achieve the life that they want, then they're going to stay stuck in that problem. 
That is the real problem. There's all of this stuff about talk to your mate, talk to your mate, talk to your mate about men's mental health issue. So you talk to your mates and your mate complains all the time and you sit there and listen. They're naturally going to feel better about being able to talk to somebody. That helps. But then what? If they don't have a solution, it still destroys their ability to feel competent and accomplished. They're stuck. And because they're stuck in a rut, they don't know what to do. And talking about it makes them feel good for an hour, maybe for a day or maybe even a couple of days. But then after that, they go back to feeling stuck in the rut because they don't have a solution. And I think one of the biggest drivers for suicide in men, and this is my opinion, one of the biggest drivers I have seen from suicide in men or people who've wanted to commit suicide is because they feel stuck. They don't know what to do. They feel incompetent. They feel like they can't accomplish the things that they want or achieve the things that they want. Their identity is getting destroyed and they feel like they're unsuccessful or not achieving and they feel like they're disappointing themselves and also even more disappointing others like their family and so on. And because of that, it absolutely destroys their self-worth. And if they're stuck there for long enough and they go to the pub on Friday afternoon and they have a couple of beers, which doesn't fucking help because it actually makes you more depressed. So alcohol is a sedative. So you get more depressed. Your brain doesn't function effectively. You eat shitty food on the weekend. You don't exercise and look after yourself, but you've gone to the pub. You sit at the pub and you talk about how shit your week was with your mates who also talk about how shit their week was. Then from there, you go home. You get blasted when you get home for being at the pub with your mates. You feel more shit about that. Then from there, you spend the weekend doing stuff around the house and for the kids and you do stuff for everybody else because that's what you're supposed to do. Then Monday comes, you feel burnt out and fucked again. And so you go back to work. You work with other people. You listen to other business owners and other people complain about how shit their life is. And then you keep thinking about how shit your life is. And now you're in this massive downhill spiral. And now all of a sudden, what do you do? You're sick of it. You've been going through this for years and nothing's changed. For some people, the solution is suicide. And that's not really a solution. All that is, is it's just running away from a problem. It's running away from a problem without being able to fix it. And it's not the intelligent solution. It's not even intelligent slightly. Like killing yourself doesn't solve any problem whatsoever. All it does is it just eliminates the pain in the immediate circumstance. But I think that we really need to start saying that that's, first of all, not a solution. Number two, it's not an effective solution. Number three, if people are having these problems, sitting around and talking about it is only part of the equation. Just like step one is you have to be aware of it. So if you're aware that you've got these problems, great, that's number one. Once you're aware of something, you need to do something about it. So you need to go and talk to somebody who can effectively help you go step by step and resolve these issues. But going there and talking about it and talking about it for 20 years doesn't help. Medicating it doesn't really help because medication isn't really the solution in most cases. Our society is wrapped up on this idea of, first of all, we've got to create awareness. Well, that's great. So now more people are more aware that they've got these problems. Now what? That just makes people more aware and more fucked up because now there's more people who are sitting there going, shit, I've got these fucking problems that I don't know how to solve. So awareness has done its job, but now the awareness is creating a problem within itself. Then you take them to the next step, talk therapy. So we go talk to a therapist or we go talk to a coach or we go talk to someone. Unless they have the tools to be able to help someone to achieve the life that they want, then they're going to get stuck. And so talking about it for five, six, seven, ten 10 years gets it off your chest. But that's all it does. It gets it off your chest, but it will come back on your chest again. And then it'll get off your chest and come back. So you're going to be in therapy for the rest of your life. So that's not really the solution. Because especially for masculine people, they want to feel competent and accomplished. So they want to keep achieving shit. So if they can't solve the problem and get going back achieving shit again, they're going to feel stuck and they're going to feel in a rut. If that lasts for long enough, that's going to be another problem. So that is only part of the solution again as well. That's step number two. Step number three is really, now we're aware of that we've got a problem. We go and we talk to someone. That person has tools. They have competencies. They make the person more accountable. And especially if they're men, men love being driven by challenge and problem solving. So when a male rings me up and they say, look, 
I'm going through this shit. What do I do? I sit there on the phone and first of all, I listen to them. I start to figure out what the problem is. And then from there, I start giving them some tools and I challenge them. When I challenge them, then from there, normally they become on fire because they're competent again. They want to achieve something. I don't know if anyone has ever seen this with dog training, but with dog training, if you've got a big dog that's a bit erratic, it's normally because it doesn't have something to do. Now, when you put something weighted on its back, it normally feels like it has something to do. And so therefore, it becomes more behaved. Just like a child that's erratic, like I was at school. When I was erratic and I was given more responsibility, I became more well-behaved because I felt like I had a purpose. When I didn't have a purpose, I was erratic. And so you'll see good dog trainers, they naturally have these weighted backpacks that they can put on dogs, especially for bigger dogs. And what they'll do is the dog will walk a lot calmer and a lot slower because now the dog has a purpose instead of just not having anything. And so it gets all excited and doesn't know how to use its energy. So my point is that with most masculine people, they need to have a purpose. They need to have a reason to want to accomplish something. And so this is why they need to build out their success map, which is what I've been teaching at Thrive Time for the last fucking 10 years, 11 years. Because I realized this really quickly with myself that when I wasn't clear on my purpose and I didn't have a mission, then I would get bogged down in my problems quite a lot. If I couldn't solve the problems of how to achieve my mission, I would always come back to the problems that I'm experiencing in moment by moment basis. So I would make small things significant and then try to solve them. And so for a lot of males who aren't progressing forward and aren't achieving things, they'll naturally get caught up in small problems that are insignificant and then make them significant. And then because of that, those problems will then become significant problems in their own life. And that's the thing that stops them from feeling accomplished. I think one of the best things that we can do is stop turning people that are masculine into feminine things and giving feminine solutions. And this is also what I forgot to mention is that with feminine energy, because naturally they're nurturing and they communicate in most cases reasonably well. When feminine energy feels stuck, it will talk through their problems and it will solve problem by talking through it. If Jess comes to me and she's saying, you know, I'm having a really sad day and I feel really shitty, I just sit there and I listen to her. And I say, you know, it sounds like you're having a really tough day. And she goes, yeah, I am. And then towards the end of it, she'll go, you know what? I feel better about myself now. And then I give her a hug and then she goes off and she just gets back on with work and she's fully competent. That's how she operates. Whereas for me, on the other hand, if I have a problem, I talk about the problem in order to find a solution so that then I can get on with it. If I don't have a problem, I don't want to fucking talk about it. And if I have a problem and I don't feel that someone can help me become more competent with it, I don't want to talk to them. Like I don't go and talk to my friends about business who aren't business owners because in most cases they can't help me. They're not competent in that. So they're not helping me to achieve something. So I will ring up my business friends or I will ring up someone who I perceive is competent. I also have a lot of people who say to me that they might be feminine and they'll come to me. Let's say it's a husband and wife relationship and the wife will come to one of our events and they go, yeah, but my husband never talks to me about business. And I go, well, why would he? Are you qualified in business? Do you have the background? Do you have the skills? Do you have the ability to solve those problems that he has on a day-to-day basis? And normally she'll say, well, no, not really. But you know, I want to know about what he's doing and I want him to talk about it and I want him to talk through it with me. And I go, but why? And she goes, well, because it's nice and I feel like it's helping him. Well, it's only going to help him so far. If he's not talking to you about his problems, it's normally because he doesn't perceive that you can help him solve his problems. That's what masculine energy does. So we need to give a masculine person who is stuck needs to go to somebody that they feel are competent to be able to help them solve their problems. Quickly, if you're a business owner in Australia that makes over 300K per year and you're wanting to grow to $10 million or you're frustrated that your business still heavily relies upon you to get stuff done effectively and efficiently, then message me or my team on social media to find out more about my 12-month business implementation and growth mastermind called Business Growth Odyssey. We currently only intake 
10 business owners each month into the program, and there are still some places open for this month's intake. Our goal is to help you to create more operational freedom in your business so that the business doesn't rely on you as the owner. We help you to implement processes, systems, management, hiring, and all the other things like sales, marketing, and so on to help you to scale your business without the usual levels of extreme anxiety, stress, pressure, overwhelm, etc. that most business owners face when they scale their business between 300K and $10 million. Plus, the best thing is you attend live business growth events each quarter, have weekly accountabilities, and join an amazing network of driven business owners who do not accept mediocrity in life or business. So message me or reach out to my team to find out more and set up a call. That's normally how they talk. The problem is that most guys are also fucking stupid. And instead of going to someone who's competent to talk about their problems, they go to the pub and they talk to their mates and complain about all their fucking problems without actually thinking of these people that I'm complaining about actually competent. And why am I complaining in the first place? Like, why am I complaining? What am I trying to get out of it? That's actually a great solution. If you're complaining about something, why are you complaining about it? If you're going to talk about something, why are you going to talk about it? What's the solution? What's the resolution you want? What's the end outcome? Now, for most males, they don't want to talk about things to just get it off their chest. They want to talk about things to resolve it. Now, if they're in a feminine state, like if they've had a big week and they all get together at the pub and all the boys talk and they just all talk shit to each other and blah, blah. In most cases, that's more of a feminine state. So they're actually connecting through their feminine energy, not their masculine energy. When a masculine energy goes, right, I've got a problem and I need to solve this problem and I need to fix it, they will go to someone who's competent who can help them solve that problem so that they can move forward. So part of the mental health crisis, I believe, is that people who are stuck are going to the wrong people. We're using feminine solutions to masculine problems. And I actually got a whole bunch of military people who gave me a standing ovation at one of my events when I said that in the military, they are trying to solve a mental health issue, which in most cases is a masculine mental health issue with feminine solutions. And I said most guys in the military, most girls in the military as well, the military is a very masculine place. Have a look at the whole environment. It's a war environment. It's very structured. It's very stable. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of governing. They don't wear colorful clothes and shit. They don't wear makeup and all that stuff. They don't care about environments that have prettiness or that look nice. They don't give a shit about any of that. Everything is beige, like stale colors. That's a very masculine trait. Feminine energy is about radiance. So that's about color, beauty. It's sensory. You don't have very rarely any of that at all in the military. So it's a very masculine place. So you have these masculine people that are coming out from war-torn areas that are now having to get into a coaching situation or a psychology situation where now they're going to sit there and talk for the next 20 years about their problems. That there is going to make them feel trapped, stuck, frustrated, unless they get a resolution. If they get a resolution, great, and the therapist has done a good job. But in most cases, the result is only medication and therapy for the rest of your life. And if that's the solution, most people who have mental health problems from the military will start feeling more depressed, more frustrated, more stuck, unless they have another reason to move forward, unless they get a bigger mission or they get some big goals to work towards. And that's enough to pull them outside of those problems in some cases, not in all cases. So please remember, we can't deal with the mental health crisis, especially for men and the suicide issue for men, by using feminine solutions, which is just sit around and talk about your problems. That's a very, very, very shitty solution for most men. Okay, They want to solve the problem. They want to move forward. They want to achieve shit and they want to get stuff done. They want to get back onto being competent and feeling like they're accomplishing things. That's how masculine energy or men operate in most cases. Now, there are exceptions to the rules. There are a small percentage of the population of men who are more feminine. There are a small percentage of the population of men who don't fit into these categories at all. There are people who are naturally more balanced as individuals, say sometimes express masculine, sometimes express feminine. They're a bit more balanced. That's all part of living in a society of 
huge variations of people. But my point is, is that there is a large percentage of the population that fit more into a more masculine category and more that fit into a feminine category with the opposite sort of sprinkled in there. So I'm naturally more masculine in my natural traits, but I do have times throughout the week where I'm naturally more feminine. And that's just, I've learned how to operate in those and I feel great about them. They help me to recover. They help me to enjoy life more and so on. So we need to be teaching this stuff a lot more. And I think we need to be dealing with this situation a lot better. I really wanted to talk about this because these are my opinions on mental health. And I know there's some people out there who are going to criticize me on this, but this is from what I've seen based on my studies, my research, and my experience of having to deal with these situations. And I'm more than happy to be challenged by them, by people outside. But I would also like to say this. If anyone out there is listening to this and does want to challenge me on this, I'm more than happy to take on any clients or anyone who feels like they aren't getting results with the people that they're working with and let me have a crack at them. Because I've had therapists before and people who've worked in the industry who criticize me, who've never seen my work, who've never been to my events, who've never researched me, who don't understand anything that I teach, who will criticize the shit out of me because they'll say, well, you're not university educated. Like university is a fucking gateway to achievement. If that were true, everyone who had a business degree would be the most successful business people on the planet. When in fact, that's not the case in most cases. Okay, now I'm not saying that in order to be a neurosurgeon or a neuroscientist, you don't have to go to university. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that that doesn't automatically give you credibility and results. Okay, all it does is it gives you a certain way of thinking, which should help you to get better results. But if the theory in itself is wrong in the first place that's being taught, then that can also be a huge problem. And I think that sometimes what's being taught is incorrect and the general consensus around these things, especially mental health, is partially incorrect. There are some truths in it, there is some intelligence in it, but there's also a lot of people who just parrot what they've heard. They just spread things that work for them personally. Like, you know, if I just sit around all day and I just meditate, then yeah, I feel better. But the question is, does that give you the long-term results? That's not looking at the data. That's not actually looking at it over a long period of time with a larger group of people and so on, which is a bit more scientific, which is what I've been able to do with our events and so on, is see how people operate after they've come to the events. Is this just a short-term solution? Is this a long-term solution? What I found was going to a lot of motivational events, I would have short-term well-being in my mental health, but not long-term well-being. Over the years, I've found that the more I implement and the more I've developed tools for Thrive Time and the success map in life and all the mental and emotional balancing stuff that I've gone through, by implementing more of that stuff, I've become a lot more mentally stable, I've achieved a lot more and I enjoy life way more. Not only have the tools worked for me, but the thousands of people who have come through that event. Now, not everybody gets results, but the majority of people do. Okay. And so I just think that there are better ways of doing things. Now, not everyone has to come to my events, but maybe it's time that we just reconsider the way that we think about mental health. A part of the equation isn't the whole equation. You know, just writing X on a whiteboard doesn't tell you what the mathematical equation is you have to put together the rest of the jigsaw puzzle in order to get what it equals. We need to be able to do that. If we want to get the better results with mental health, we need to think backwards from what does good mental health look like and work backwards from there. What do people do who have good mental health? What's the differences? Do they live their values? Do they serve a purpose? Do they have meaning? Are they wanting to be positive all the time? Are they wanting to be happy all the time? What's their expectations? Does their reality match their expectations? If not, why not? How do we help to bridge that gap for them so that then they can feel like they're achieving more? And let's see what happens. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I know I've been cranking with this one. I know it's been a really long episode. But please, if you think that this episode can help more people, please share this one. I've been extremely nervous about sharing my thoughts on this topic. I keep getting asked every week to do it. I normally don't do this unless I'm in the back end of something like Thrive Time or in our events because then I can speak openly about this and I can speak truthfully and I can deal with people's criticisms and stuff like that up front. It's very hard to do that on a public platform because people can cut it, they can shut it, they can edit it. 
They can make it into whatever they want. They can paint me in whatever picture they feel like, depending on whether they like me or dislike me. And so because of that, I've just been very hesitant to share this sort of stuff. But the truth is people are dying every day through suicide or through mental health crisis. There are huge rates of depression, anxiety, eating disorders, drug addiction, and a whole bunch of other mental health things that are going on. And I don't think that there is a good solution that is very publicly available. There are good solutions out there. It's just that most people don't use them. Most people don't talk about them. Most people don't even know that they're out there because these fantasy ideas get spoken about in our society and then they get propagated through our society as being a great idea. But great ideas don't necessarily lead to great results. They're just great ideas. And, you know, the ideas of mental health awareness worked at some point, but I don't think that they work anymore. I think that there's part of it that works a little bit, but it doesn't work that well anymore. And then the idea of going and talking to someone about your problems, that's part of a solution. But providing that person is the answer to the problems and can help you on your path. If that's not the case, then they're just going to keep trapping you thinking that that's a solution and you're going to feel worse because if you keep going to the same dumb motherfucker that keeps asking the same dumb questions, that keeps throwing you back in the same thing about your feelings and they don't have a solution, you're just going to be stuck. And for masculine energy, that's the worst thing ever. So just please be very careful with this stuff. And, you know, I hope it's given you something to think about. I know it might be a little bit controversial and I know for some of you, it might challenge you. It might also make you feel a certain way. I hope that it makes you just think a little bit differently about that. And if you've got any questions, please feel free to ask me those questions. Jump across on my social media platforms and ask them. I'm more than happy to either do a podcast on the questions or I'm more than happy to try and answer the questions to the best of my ability. You know, I want to be out there helping people to achieve more and to perform better. And part of the challenge with being a high achiever or a high performer is that sometimes you can create unrealistic expectations that can throw you into a very negative headspace. So you've just got to learn how to control those thought processes and be yourself and do you. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope this massively helped. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. And please remember, sharing is caring. Please share this out there because I think that we need to get this out to more people. And like I said, I haven't been wanting to share this stuff, but I've been challenged to share it recently. Some people are saying, you know, you're being weak as shit by not sharing this stuff and sharing these views and sharing these opinions. So I thought, you know what? It's true. I need to share this more. I know we've got the results to back it up. So anyway, I hope this helps Driven Mofos. Have a great day. And I look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Mm -hmm.